relationships are hard work was all I ever heard. But you know what? Now that I'm in a really great relationship, that's not the case. Today's episode, I'm going to show you exactly the steps that I used to create an amazing relationship. Let's go get that nugget. Welcome, ladies, to the Life Mastery for Women podcast. I'm Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind, your host. This is where we go to learn to master our life one nugget at a time. Hey, ladies, it's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. Welcome to today's episode where I hope I am finding you in a successful, positive relationship. If you're not, then it is my intention that in today's episode, I give you just one nugget of inspiration towards your transformation. Today, we're going to talk about relationships. Now, there's a lot of foundational education that I had about relationships, but that didn't always help me to find the most successful, inspirational, loving, passionate relationship. Sometimes that challenged the relationship in a way that made me recognize, I didn't recognize then, but recognize now, that it wasn't open. Like that person that I was with was not open-minded to try new things. They wanted to continue to control and manipulate. And, you know, that didn't work for me. So, but when I learned some of these foundations, it's kind of about learning different personalities and But when I learned that, it really helped to open my eyes to a perspective that allowed me to find the right person before I made the commitment, if you will. Now, some of my listeners and some of you are in marriages, you're in committed relationships, you've been in a relationship, you know, with this person or married to this person for years and years. Totally fine. This is, you know, I just kind of go back to my my dating game and see all the mistakes I made and learn from those mistakes until I got to this committed relationship where Amy and I have been together for 13 years and are extremely happy together. And it took that foundation that I learned previous to get to where I am today. So if you are suffering from a not so great relationship, some of these things might help you. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about each of these um, these little educational pieces, but I will give you the the name, the author, all of those things that will help you to go find your own um, resources about it and to learn about it. I just don't want to take up too much time and I want to get to the steps that have been so powerful for me. Now, I'm not going to say them in order because I learned these in, in different in different orders and it doesn't matter wherever you're at in your life is where you're at, but I will say the number one tool that I use. Now, this was a book that I read a thousand years ago, and it really, really helped me to understand how to effectively communicate with my person in a way that showed them that I loved them. This is the famous book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, Dr. Gary Chapman. If you have not read this book, go get it, go read it, because not only does it affect effectively work on your relationship, your intimate relationships, but it also you can use it on other people, your friends, your family, your kids, your coworkers, whoever, because everybody receives love differently. And the way we communicate that gets them to a, to like this degree of you really appreciate them. So here's the five love languages, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, 
and physical touch. Now, just to specify, these love languages, this is just showing your appreciation, your love. It's not all sexual and it's not all in the intimate form, but of course it can be used that way, right? But you can also, if you, if you, are, if you have a teenager and you are recognizing that their, that their, their um, love language is physical touch, maybe a few more high fives and a few more hugs. If it's not physical touch, then don't do that <laughs> because sometimes... The, the five love languages, if they're not used correctly, if that is not their love language, you actually could be sending the wrong message. Here's what I mean. Physical touch is not my love language, but it is Amy's. So Amy shows her love by physical touch, hugs, kisses, high fives, constant, like hand holding, whatever. It is so not mine. Sometimes it comes off the wrong way. If she's, if she's too over the top with physical touch, it can be very suffocating to me. I think that if I didn't have this information and education and she wasn't open-minded about our communication as far as how we show love to each other, our relationship wouldn't have made it past probably two years. So this was a huge, huge lesson for me and this education and this knowledge was a huge turning point for me to create the love that I wanted and to express the love that she wanted, right? So let's let's define those quickly. The first one, words of affirmation. Now, this can be in any different form, like it could be written word, it could be a card, a letter, a note, but it's also spoken. So recognition of the person doing something for you, thank you, pleases, I appreciate you, you're really good at that, this is really awesome and, and, and I love that you did that for me. All of those kind of complimentary words go really far for somebody when you recognize that. My oldest son, Bob, when he first moved in, um, I create a structure in my household, right? It's kind of a loose structure, but it's like, um, and it's not so tight, like we eat at five o'clock, but it's like dinner time is sometime in the evening, um, but it's, you know, you take care of your own stuff. You know, I make plenty of food, help yourself. We drink water, we rinse our dishes. You take care of your own, um, you know, plates afterwards. We eat in the kitchen together. It's kind of a community. So it's kind of a loose structure, right? Also, after dinner, we do chores together. So we're cleaning up the kitchen, putting leftovers away, doing the dishes, cleaning up the table, taking out the garbage, stuff like that. Well, when Bob moved in, he was 15, almost 16 years old. And right away, we got into this routine, if you will. So cleaning up after yourself, doing stuff like that, helping out around the house. Everybody, and I always say, everybody poops in the toilet, everybody cleans the toilet, right? It's just, we want a clean house. Anyway, and um, I remember one time when I was talking to him about the five love languages, he had probably lived here for maybe a year or so. And was doing chores and, and helping out, you know, just like I said, I, you know, I, I encourage that in the household. And I remember he was taking the garbage out and he does a really, really nice job as far as helping out, like never was, you know, stomping his feet or sighing or, or anything like that. He was just, you know, is there anything I can do to help? And I'm like, you know, can you grab all the garbages? It goes out tomorrow. And so he literally would go through the whole house and gather all of the garbages and wheel it out to the road. And I remember he came back in. I said, you know what? And I had my hands on him. Like I maybe had one hand on his shoulder or something. So somehow I was touching him. So a hand on his shoulder or something. And I said, and I look him right in the eye and I go, you know what, Bob? I said, I really appreciate how, how helpful you are and how easy it is 
for me to get help around the house from you, that you don't sigh, you don't complain, you just do it. And I said, and you do a really, really nice job taking out all of the garbage. It's not just that one. You take out all of the garbage. I said, I really appreciate that. And he goes, yeah, no problem. And he walks away. And I didn't think anything of it. Then now speed forward about a year, I was talking with him about the five love languages and he goes, mine is definitely words of affirmation. He goes, I remember I took all the garbages out in the house and you stopped me when I came in and he go, and he said the whole thing. He goes, you had your hand on my shoulder, you looked me right in the eye and you basically told me how awesome I was. And he goes, I loved that. He goes, that lit me up. In that moment, I knew one of his major love languages was words of affirmation. So now I remember to say things to him. Thank you so much for doing that. You're really good at that. I really appreciate you helping, saying those things. And, and for any managers or bosses or anybody who has, who has, um, uh, you have, um, not only you have kids, but you have, um, Coworkers or employees, that's mostly what I mean. Sorry, I got a little distracted there for a second. If you have employees, words of affirmation, dude, that's free. Give your people compliments. Share and tell them how awesome they are when they're doing awesome things. They will continue to do awesome things. I can't express this enough about managers who just like, well, I'm not going to give them a raise. Listen, Words of affirmation is also one of mine. It's not my number one, but it is one of mine. If you recognize how great I do, please tell me how awesome it is because I really, really love that. But if you don't tell me and that falls levels deep <laughs> and you just don't say anything, then now I feel like I'm underappreciated, I'm not important, and within about two weeks, I'm looking for another job. And man, do I have some stories about that. But let's move on to the next one. Acts of service. Acts of service is doing things for somebody. Shoveling the driveway, cleaning the house, doing the laundry, washing their car, doing the dishes, um, cleaning out the cat litter box, sweeping the floor. All of those things are acts of service. Now, this is also a really powerful one. I remember reading a story. I think it's in the book. I remember reading a story about uh, a, a couple who's having a really hard time and they're in therapy together and the therapist is pretty well versed on the five love languages and they are saying things like... <laughs> Um, the, the husband is going, well, I don't understand what her big deal is. Like I do all these things for, her. I shovel the driveway, I clean the house, I paint the thing, I do all these, the to-do lists, I change the doorknobs, I clean this thing, I, whatever. And she goes, right, but you never spend time with me, which is the next one, quality time. Now that is mine quality time, spending time talking with me, having deep, meaningful conversations, doing things together, going on adventure together, doing fun things together, going for a walk, having, having soulful connections. That's mine. Quality time. Is it yours? Try as I'm, as I'm explaining these to be like, yeah, that's definitely mine, right? You don't always have to buy things or, or spend money or whatever. It could just be quality time. That's another thing. It's managers in a business. You know, you might not take your, your employees out for coffee, but stand there for five seconds. How was your weekend? Hey, it was your birthday this weekend. How was the celebration? Oh, I remember you went to this, you went to this new restaurant. How did it go? That, my friends, is considered quality time. And guess what? It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. The next one is receiving gifts. So gifts is not mine. 
we and, and gifts is not Amy's, but we always have a hard time with Christmas because Christmas is very much around gift giving. So I'm into Harry Potter. There's always things that, you know, Harry Potter related that you could get me. I'm very easy to buy for, but it's not always where I want a bunch of things. But Amy is the opposite, where she's like, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I don't. And people are like, what should we get Amy for for Christmas? And we're like, oh, man. And it's tough. But receiving gifts is not her thing. If that person loves giving gifts, you will know it. If receiving gifts is their love language, they will always be giving gifts. My mom, I think hers is gifts is gifts. She's always wanting to give gifts. She's always sending cards. She's always sending little things. And I think she really loves receiving gifts. Now, you better know what they want, though. Don't just get them anything. Be thinking. Be be get to the root of it. Of like, what is it that they want? What is it that they that they that would really kind of turn them on? That that would really excite them. And here's a way to know if your kids is what do they do to show to show how much they love you? Do they climb in your lap and give you a hug or kiss? Are they always talking about things like, mom, you look really pretty today, or I really love this dinner? Or are they giving you things, drawing pictures and constantly giving you gifts? Or are they getting the door for you, carrying in the groceries, uh, putting things away, asking if they can help? Those are acts of service. The last one, physical touch. This is in an intimate relationship. This is one of the partners um, wanting intimate relations often as it relates to kids, climbing in your lap, giving hugs, uh, holding your hand, um, snuggling, all of those things lead to physical touch. Now, I remember working with somebody at um, a small retail store that I worked at a few years ago and he was always touching me. He always wanted, you know, he'd come up and talk to me and he'd put his hand on my shoulder. He wanted to high five or he wanted to, he would shake hands in the morning. I'm like, dude, you have got to stop touching me because physical touch, I'm like a zero in physical touch. And, and it's really tough because when you're in a committed relationship, you know, some intimate relations should happen. And if your physical touch is not very high, it kind of falls off the, the radar, if you will. It is not on my radar. It doesn't mean that I don't love Amy. It doesn't mean that I'm not attracted to her. It just means that physical touch is not my love language. Quality time is my number one. And I would say acts, um, or not acts, but words of affirmation is probably my number two. I love to be recognized for the things that I do. Now, now let's just go back a little bit. You can do this really easily figuring yours out, rate yourself from one to five on each one. So zero to five on words of affirmation, acts of service, receive, don't put them in order, but rate each one. Then the next is take your your partner, your person, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and rate them. Like if I give them uh, a compliment or, or basically here's what you should do. If they are showing me that they love me, what do they do? Like, does my partner always want to have sex? Then there's just probably physical touch. If they're always wanting to take me out on a date, go out on the town, do things together, go places together, it's probably quality time. If they're constantly buying me things, it's gifts. Okay. If they're doing things for me, a to-do list, they're always painting, cleaning, fixing, um, putting things away, doing things like that's probably acts of service. Now, once you decipher what that is, here's my thought is now secretly go do those things for that person. You know, do a week of putting yourself out there to decipher 
what their love language is. It's a lot of fun because you will see a different person showing up on the other end. That person will light up. If you haven't gone on a date, if you haven't thanked your partner, if you guys haven't had sex in a while and you think that's their love language, I would say plan out a day where you are offering that love language in a way to see how they start to show up. This is all about communicating and putting positive, infusing positivity into your relationships. Now, if it's your kids and you realize they're hanging all over you, it's like maybe, you know, let's put a movie on and let's snuggle. How about a couple more handholds or uh, squeeze the shoulder or give a hug and you will see a completely different person because they are feeling loved. They're feeling safe. They're feeling appreciated. And think about how you feel. If you have a boss and that person isn't respecting you, feels like that, they're not showing you, basically, they're not showing their love and appreciation. And what if they did? What if yours is gifts and you came around the corner and on your desk was, a, was some sort of a gift with a card that says, we appreciate your hard work? That would light you up. And guess what you would do? You would keep performing in that same way. Not because you're going to get that gift, but because your bucket is filled. Because now... Your service to that person, that company, that boss, that organization is recognized in a way that lights you up. Okay, now I've said a lot about that one, but I would go do some research, watch some videos. Now there's all kinds of ways to get that information and to decipher one way that that you can really start to infuse love in your relationship with uh, your whoever your people are, whoever your people are. Um, okay, the next one is the five basic needs. Now, this is Dr. William Glasser, the school that I worked at. This it was a quality school, and we were taught this, and this was a way for us to start to infuse positivity in our relationships with the kids, as well as the coworkers, as well as the admin. And I found this to be really exciting. It's it's um it kind of shows the personality, if you will. But the five basic needs are love and belonging power, freedom, fun, and survival. Now, love and belonging is the person who wants to be a part of everything. They want, they volunteer, they're part of groups and organizations, they want to be in the cliques, they want to be um, with all the people, they want to belong. So they're like clubs and cliques and, and organizations. The next one is power. This person wants to be in charge. They're a leader. They're a dominating, kind of a dominating personality. They want to be recognized. They want to be in charge. Okay. The next one is freedom. Now, freedom looks like an independent person who I'm going to, I have no commitment. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to go in that direction. Um, I'm going to basically do anything I want to do. Sometimes they're entrepreneurs. Sometimes they don't make commitments in relationships. You might not even be married to somebody who has a high freedom need because they have such a high freedom need. They don't want to be anchored down to, to you or a family or a house or a job or any kind of responsibility. Sometimes if they are all the way extreme, it can look like that. The next one is fun. They are the people you want to invite to your parties. They're on the tables. They will dance. They're, they uh, have lots of stories to tell. They're going on adventure. They're going on trips. They want to laugh and, and be engaged with something and, and like have a lot of fun. 
The last one is survival. These are your non-risk takers. They lease cars versus buying cars outright because they don't want to be stuck on the side of the road. And they want, they have the 401ks, the 403bs, they have money in the bank account, they, they have grocery in the in, they have food in the fridge. They are high survival needs. That is their main, <laughs> their main purpose on the planet is to survive. Okay, they do not take risks. Now, do the same thing with your with yourself and and the five basic needs. Where are you on the scale? Rate each one on a scale from one to five or zero to five. Now, my big ones are power and freedom. That totally puts me in an entrepreneurial state of mind. I don't want you to tell me what to do, where to go, when to get up, when to pee, how long to stand there, how long to do that. Smile when I see a crabby customer. Are you joking me right now? Right? How much money I can make. All of those things go against my high freedom need. Power, I want to be in charge. I want to lead, which is why I educate myself like crazy. I want to just breathe in the knowledge so I'm smart. I want to be in charge. And oh, yeah, I have a high need for freedom. Now, that just means that I, I want to go on adventure all the time. I want to go places. I want to see new things, but I want to be in charge of it. <laughs> Sometimes we can be the hardest people to date. God bless Amy. I tell you, she is a, a godsend. She is an angel. And for her to deal with me is quite, it's quite crazy, but um, she has all the courage and she's actually really good at it. Hers is high survival and love and belonging. Now, take the same information and go, okay, what do they do? A lot of people, when I tell this story from stage, a lot of my audience can guess what I am. Basically, you know, I'm standing on stage, I'm in charge, I'm speaking, I have this presence about me, I've got this dominating personality, They're like, oh yeah, you're high power need. What they don't usually say, because I'm like showing slides of my family, is that it's a high freedom need. That high freedom need is basically, I want to do what I want, when I want, I want to get paid more than what you tell me I'm worth. So it's a lot. So they kind of go hand in hand. And that high freedom need is I want to do something different. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't, I don't conform. I don't go with the flow. I, you know, when I had art class in second grade and they're like, oh, we're going to paint a tree today and the trunk's going to be brown and the leaves are going to be green. I look around at everybody in the class. I'm like, so my tree is going to look like everyone else's. And they're like, yep. I'm like, okay, I don't want my tree to look like theirs. So what are we going to do? And they're like, well, these are the paints we brought. Well, I would make mine a palm tree and put apples hanging from it with a crayon. I mean, I would do something different. So when you're in the hallway and you're seeing 24 paintings, they all look the same except one. One is a palm tree with apples, right? <laughs> because I want my tree to look different than everyone else's. And that's what I would do. That's that high freedom need. Now, these two pieces, the Gary Chapman Five Love Languages and Dr. William Glasser, well, they're both doctors, Dr. William Glasser, Choice Theory, The Five Basic Needs. Again, you can get all this information on Google. And this was a foundation that I stood on to create an amazing relationship. Now, I'm going to give you a couple extra tools. I don't want to go on too long. I think I'm hitting my um, like almost 25 minutes here. But if you want to create a positive relationship, the number one, other than this foundational knowledge, the number one is work on yourself. Work on yourself. You uncover the blocks that you have about the relationship, the idiosyncrasies, the, the things that annoy you about the other person. You clear that energy 
And that thing is either going to disappear or it's not going to annoy you anymore, but you're not going to take it out on the other person. You can only do that so much before the relationship starts falling apart. I tell Amy all the time, people say that relationships are hard work. I'm like, hard relationships are hard work. If you're not the right person or you're not the right fit or you don't, you guys aren't feeding the relationship, then yes, it's going to take a lot of work. And I am like anti-work. I have too high of a freedom need. I don't want to do a lot of work. I want to get in, get it done and, and make things work, right? You can't do that if you don't feed the relationship. I remember hearing a long time ago, it's like thinking of a relationship like a plant. If it's got too much water, you're going to kill it. It's going to be droopy, right? You can be like too much love, too much attention, too much of the wrong attention, too much. You're going to kill it. And if you don't give it enough, you're going to kill it. You don't give it enough water or sunlight. The plant will die. It'll be brittle and it'll die. If you don't give your relationship enough of the right attention, it's going to die. I should have been a, I should have been a relationship therapist or relationship coach because it makes so much sense to me. If you don't give it the right attention, you're going to kill it. And if you give it too much attention, you're going to kill it. And that's how I was a long time ago is I gave too much. You know, it's too much honey is too sweet. When I learned that, I'm like, there's something there. There's something bigger there about that little piece of information. Don't give it too much. So, but you have to feed the relationship. And Amy and I do that. We know our love languages. We know our, the five basic needs. And we work through that with communication and we give attention, the right attention to the relationship. And we are successful. We have a successful relationship. I want you to have the same thing. So the very first thing is work on yourself. How can I overcome some of these sticky points in my energy that don't allow me to be this loving, giving person in this relationship? Always look at yourself because the outside world is a reflection of you. Now, the next is to focus on the positive. Stop complaining about the things that aren't working or that he or she does that you don't like. Focus on the positive. What are the things that you do love? And spend time there. Because I know that if I find something, not that she has anything, but if I find one flaw of Amy's and I focus on it and I point at it and I pick at it and I complain about it, you're going to create momentum there. And that momentum is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and it's going to drown out and hide all of the positive aspects about the relationship. So what Amy and I do, we focus on the positive. And we say things like, you know what I love about you? And then we list all the things. Do you know what I love about our relationship? And we list all the things. We talk about it a lot because we're feeding the relationship. And we're not lying. Those things are the things that we love about each other. But I want you to have that same kind of, pay attention, that same kind of awareness. How do I do that? And then the next is communicate. Talk with each other. Find these things out. If you have an open-minded partner, find these things out about each other. And then, and then what we did early on, Amy and I, is, okay, so if yours, yours Jen, is um, words of affirmation, how do you like to receive words of affirmation? Do I have to get you a card? Can I write it on a note? Or can I just tell you? And I'm like, oh, you could just tell me. Like, I don't, I don't need you to mail me a card every day right? But then talk about it, right? If it's gifts, what kind of gifts? How do you want to receive those gifts? You know, don't just get me something for my birthday. Give me some weird random gift on some weird random Tuesday. So doing something different. So if you have an open-minded partner 
and they're willing to take in some of this knowledge is, oh, that's your love language. Oh, that's your highest basic need. Okay. So why don't we come together, make a list and exchange those lists? And now you guys have a little bit of freedom to kind of put stuff into that relationship that the other person knows that you love them. And even this kind of a communication is also going to show them how much you love them. What a great way to to inspire a relationship to get better and better. So focus on yourself, clear the limiting beliefs around whatever the thing is that they're doing, clear that energy, those blocks, and focus on the positive and communicate with each other. Those are my my big PowerPoints. So the five love languages is Gary Chapman and the five basic needs is William Glasser. All great books. You can get, I'm sure there's YouTube and you can Google different articles about it and kind of get the gist of it for the sake of your relationships. I hope that you can take in this knowledge and apply this knowledge right away because I promise you, you will see a hugely different relationship. Wow, that may have felt like a lot of information in today's episode, but if you're looking for support and a deeper knowledge of what we talked about today, then let's connect. You can learn more about how I work and how you can work with me. Send me an email to the meditation room tc at gmail.com, subject line, let's talk. And in the meantime, you can join my online Facebook community, Lady Rising, and mention that you came in through the podcast. I look forward to supporting you and connecting with you there.